0: Mac Power Users, Episode 182, Travel Tips. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users Podcast. I'm Katie Floyd, alongside with David Sparks. Hello, David.
1: Katie, I'm really worried about this episode. Okay. Because I think I'm going to expose parts of me that... It's going to make a lot of the audience realize that I'm kind of crazy.
0: You think that they didn't know that already.
1: Yeah, exactly. But what I don't mean? know. I, I just have some hang ups about travel that are just a little odd and they relate to geek. And also, I, I don't think we named it right. Travel tips isn't enough because it's like geeking out with travel. That's what, what we're really here to do today. Uh,
0: all right. I, I will. I will change the, uh, the name. Geeking okay. out with travel. All
1: right. Well, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. I am getting excited for Macworld coming up, which was the inspiration for the show.
1: Me too. I I cannot wait for Macworld. You you know how it's cool for all the, like, uh, techno rotty writers to say, oh, i got to go to a conference. There's going to be all these germs there. It's going to be terrible, blah, blah, blah. I love Macworld. I love going there. I love meeting people that listen to the show. I love meeting people that have no idea about the show but are geeks like me. I just love it all.
0: And I did not get sick last year at Macworld. Yeah. Get your me flu shot, people.
1: Me either. I, I will admit to carrying a bit of that hand sanitizer with me when I go to those things, but uh, I don't ugh. worry about it.
0: Yeah, I do too. I got one of those that will clip onto my bag. Maybe maybe we should talk about things that we put in our bag and clip on our bag. You think there might be a show there?
1: Just don't put it in your your vest, your Scotty vest.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, how long am I gonna hear about the Scotty vest? I didn't <laughs> I didn't put the Scotty vest in the outline. I'm doing that right now. <laughs>
1: My sister was, uh, at Christmas, we got a Scotty vest for somebody in our family. And I was telling him about it because this person travels a lot. I said, it's got all these great zippers. Like when you're going through airport, you can zip all your stuff in there and just put it in the tray and go through and you don't worry about it. And then my daughter, my 12-year-old, and says, and did you know Katie Floyd once lost her iPhone in her <laughs> Scotty vest? <laughs> oh, God. So you're this legendary. Is, this is your
0: daughter that I'm gonna yeah. meet, right?
1: Yeah, you're yeah, legendary.
0: Okay. Katie Floyd yeah. lost her Scotty, her iPhone, and her Scotty and and flipped out. So that was we, pretty
1: cool. I actually it enjoyed because you you always got it so under control, Katie. But that day I saw a side of you.
0: Yeah, I did. So I did flip out. All right, so David, let's 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 talk about what we take when we when we travel when we're not wearing our our Scotty vest. So. Um, let's talk about our travel bags. What are you, are you still carrying that big old clunky thing? What, what,
1: are, what are you calling a clunky thing? I, I have a Pelican 1510 LOC, which is the best, which is indestructible. Bag. It's indestructible. It floats. It's got, um, it's, it's a hard, I don't even want to call it plastic. It's something strong, uh, water sealed. But, it, you know, you can prop it up. You can sit on it in the airport. It's designed to fit in the overhead compartment. It fits, like, scientifically within the limits that you have. But it's really great because it's nice and hard. So uh, when I go on a trip, that's one of my hangups. is I want everything to fit in my Pelican. And including my laptop and we'll talk about this later, but I don't really use my laptop on travel day anymore. I used to you know, use that all the time, but with the iPad, I just don't use it much. So I like to lock everything up and I still have this great Pelican. I've seen people in airports throw it. I've seen guys in shuttle services bang it around in the back of these trucks. And I've never had any problem with the stuff I store in it. Um, you give up a little bit of, of storage space because it's, it's a hard case and, you know, it doesn't bulge at the seams when you keep overfilling it. Just, it just doesn't budge. Uh, but it comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we talked about this once before on the show. I don't remember the context of us getting into those bags. But um, I heard from several people on Twitter that also have these bags and just love them.
0: I probably need to look at buying something like this. I, I never know what approach to take with luggage. And, and I'm talking more about larger luggage, like checked luggage, because it's i i fortunately only have to fly a couple of times a year and whenever i fly i try to carry on and i know that's horrible because the planes are so full and i, I just really need to check my bag and get over with it but anything you check you just have to assume is going to get destroyed and so i've been through that where i've had nice luggage where i've spent the money where i've gotten a good luggage set And, you know, it's, it's like, why, why bother? Because it's going to get destroyed after your, your first trip. And so then I went through this period of time where I bought cheap luggage and I was like, you know what? It's, it's practically disposable. I'm going to buy it for a trip or two, knowing that it's going to get completely demolished, but at least I'm not going to feel so bad because it was the, you know, $79 special or whatever. And, and, you know, that's very unsatisfying because one trip or two trips maybe and and you're done. i So maybe I just need to buy nice luggage, but buy sturdy luggage.
1: Yeah, the Pelican – so for those of you who haven't heard me on this rant before, Pelican makes really solid um, cases. Like if you – are shipping a movie camera a lot of people use pelican cases for that and they have the things with, like the foam inside where you can carve out a very specific storage area but they also make this great carry-on that's the pelican 1510 i was talking about and in the lid they have velcro straps and like storage for up to a 15 inch size macbook pro and they've also got a little like separate little like rip out Velcro container you can put cords and whatnot in and that fits right in the lid And then in the body of it you can put All of your clothing and whatever else You're taking and if you can go Light on a trip it's great Now, if you run into the problem Katie just described where you're like, "Okay, I'm going to be the carry on guy. I'm going to get the carry on on. I'm going to get it all in there. It's going to be great. And then you show up and it's not uncommon these days to get show up for an airplane as anybody who's listening to this knows and find out that they've fully booked the flight. And that even though uh, you've done this great job, the plane physically doesn't have enough room for your luggage. I don't know if that's happened to you, Katie, but it's all,
0: all the time yeah. because yeah. I fly a little puddle jumper out of my regional airport and I can never take a checked bag on that. I mean, they always make you gate check it. And then always I end up having to to gate check my bag.
1: Even just I mean, for even for long flights and big flights, it seems like this is always an issue. And that's why I always train and get. Um, oh, the, here, OK, so here comes the first bit of evidence of why I'm crazy. All right. Okay. So when I book flights, usually if, if I have the opportunity to book a flight early, I always get the window seat on the right side. As you're walking down the plane, I get the window seat, the second row from the end. So all the way to the back of the plane, one row in.
0: Are you crazy?
1: On the right side.
0: All the way in the back by the toilet?
1: Yep. Every time. Every time. I get the exact same seat. Then I get on the plane, I don't have to worry about it. I know exactly where I'm going. And then when the plane lands, you know what I do? I sit there on my iPad, I send off emails. I just take it easy. And a benefit of that is quite often I get to board the plane early. They usually put the people in the back in the early boarding groups. So I usually get my luggage stored overhead. I'm crazy, I know.
0: Mm, I hadn't thought about that. People in the back get to board first. I always thought they boarded the planes well, it makes sense that they should board back to front, but I know they always board first class and premium medallion and blah, blah, blah first.
1: Yeah, they, there's like eight different groups of like priority seating. And then, you know, if, you've, if you're a veteran and if you've got a little kid or whatever, but it seems like being in the back has always been beneficial to me. And usually when I'm in the group boarding, I have to get through the first class people. And then there's a couple of random people, but usually all the seats between first class and the back are, are empty. It seems like at least the airplanes I usually go on it, that there's some benefit. Maybe someone's going to ride in who's a stewardess and tell me that that's completely nonsense. But I get the same seat every time on every flight.
0: Okay. Good <laughs> it's tip. a sickness.
1: It's a sickness. I know. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I I think I got sidetracked. So my point was, though, if you do get caught, in that trap where you're not going to be able to put your bag on this plane. sir. No, but you don't understand. I have this special Pelican bag and it's made to fit in the, in the overhead. And I've planned my whole trip around this. I'm going to be there for eight days and I got everything to fit in here. No, sir. I'm sorry. It's not going to fit. Well, you know what? Then they take your bag and they throw it under the plane. So if you've got the, but you the don't cheap, have to pay for it at that point. I agree. Cause but I'm cheap. Got, but if you've got the cheapo, uh, carry-on bag that you're talking about, that cheap carry-on bag is going to take a beating. The stuff that's in the Pelican, I never worry about it. You know, If they do take it from me, I think the stuff inside there is going to be
0: fine. So I'm pulling up the Pelican right now, and I'm, I know, I'm sure you can buy it other places, but on Amazon right now, ugh, I may just do this, Amazon Prime, I can have it here in two days, $175. Does that sound right? I guess. Uh, my mom bought it they're, for me they're, like they're t-
1: six years ago.
0: There are Two different versions. There's one that's 175 and it's uh the 1510, and then there's the 1510 case with foam that's, that's only 100. And I'll have to investigate and see what the different versions mean.
1: The one I got, I believe, was the LOC, and um, I forget what that stands for, but it's the one that has the laptop.
0: F- oh, uh, I see thing that. I see that. Ooh, that one seems more expensive. It's 237, but yeah, it doesn't seem like a yeah.
1: Well, just to say, just to be clear, like I said, I think. My mother bought it for me for a Christmas gift, and she's not been with us for many years now. But this thing is at least six years old, and it's got maybe a few scuffs on it, but it it works just as good as it did the the first day I used it. And it's got a lifetime guarantee. And I'm in California. The company, I believe, is in San Diego, so I could literally drive it down there if I had a problem. And, like, the wheels still work great. Everything is – it's just – it's the best luggage I've ever owned.
0: Well, that's quite an endorsement. Yeah. It looks like the LOC is the one with the, the lid organizer. All right. I'm adding it to my wish list.
1: So I, I, I diverted you though, cause you were going to tell us how, about your luggage.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't know what the solution is with big checked luggage. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure Pelican makes larger bags for, you know, if what, what if I'm going, you know, 15, 20 days and I need a larger bag. Uh,
1: here's an idea for that stuff. Uh, I think I'm a little bit off the geek train right now, but, and I've never done this, but I have several friends that do it. If you're going away for a significant period of time, uh, why don't you just ship your stuff to them first? And, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Like if you're going to be at like one place, why don't you just ship a box to them with whatever it is you need in it? And then when you, you don't have to deal with all that stuff in the airport.
0: Yeah, if you're going to be in one place, that's one thing. Um, the bag that I've been using most often, and again, if it's it's if I can do the carry on, uh, is the Tom Ben Aeronaut, and it is the largest size bag that you can get that is still carry carry on size, or carry on classified or or whatever. So it, w- it will fit in the overhead bins. And you know the Tom Ben stuff is is pretty well made. I've I've had several Tom Ben bags over the years, and you know you can toss them around. Now they're they're cloth bags, so you know they're which is good and bad. I mean they're you know if 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 you've got something breakable in them and they get tossed around the airport, if they're not packed well, then that something breakable could you know hit damage. But it's really hard to damage that bag. I mean I've had several bags for years, and you know you just kind of dust them off, and they look as good as you you need to when they were when you first bought them, but that's a pretty big bag. And I've got some travel cubes that go in it. And, um, I can, I can go a week or more easily. And I, there's reviews of just these crazy packer people. I don't know how they do it. Um, who, who can go weeks and weeks and pack in an aeronaut, but it's kind of a combination. It's kind of like a big duffel bag, but it's got some straps inside so you can compartmentalize or you can use packing cubes. Um, and then it's got two big ends And you can carry it a couple of different ways. It's got uh, a shoulder strap, and you should upgrade and get the absolute shoulder strap if you're going to get that, because it's got that really nice, cushy shoulder strap. Or it converts into a backpack, and the backpacks you could pull out backpack straps for it. Um, Or it's got a grab handle. It's got a couple of grab handles, but it's got a grab handle that you can just grab. So you're not going to be wheeling this thing through the airport. You're just going to pick it up, grab it, sling it, and go, which in some cases is better because you can be more maneuverable.
1: Yeah, that the other piece of travel gear I use and it's kind of depends on the trip and what I'm going to be doing like if I'm doing the day job thing a lot of times I have to bring extra shoes and that completely screws up the system. Yeah. That I hate it when I have to bring extra shoes. But the uh I a lot of times I use I have a Tom bin uh bags. Well, mine is called the Smart Alec, A L E C.
0: And that's a big backpack.
1: Yeah, it's just a big backpack, and it's got a nice open volume of space so you can kind of pack it how you want. And they also sell a um, a really nice hard case for a Mac laptop. Like I have the one for the 15 inch MacBook Pro, and it's called the Brain Bag, I believe. And it's like a it's like a box. It's got like something firm in it and padding, and it slides and velcros and snaps right into the Smart Alec. So, you know, depending on the trip, sometimes I can even get by with just that backpack. Yeah, I I am like obsessive with trying to take as little as possible with me. I had to make a, a day trip up to uh, up to Cupertino um, when the last book came out. And so I, it was just a one day trip. I was so happy I was able to bring an iPad. I got on an airplane with an iPad.
0: Yeah,
1: that was it. The, I am. Um,
0: I like traveling with a backpack as well. When I can, usually my my trips aren't. I, I don't have a really big backpack, and maybe I need to get a bigger backpack. I've I've got the uh, the Synapse nineteen, which is one of their smaller backpacks, and I liked I like traveling with a smaller backpack when it's not my main bag. I like having a backpack so I can take it on trips, you know, so I can throw stuff in it and, and have my hands free. It's kind of awkward sometimes if I'm taking the um, the Aeronaut, which, which I sometimes carry as a backpack, and then having a second backpack that I carry, but I usually get um, what are those mountain climber type clips called that you can, and I clipped one of those on the air and i Yeah,
1: Carabiner. carabiners
0: um, so that I can clip the two bags together if I want. I mean, I just kind of look like a crazy person in the airport with these bags clipped together, but you know,
1: don't we all look like crazy people in the airport? I think you get a pass yeah. when you're in the airport. Yeah. So, so usually to be on what I'm doing, but for a lot of trips, I'll, I'll just have my, um, I'll have my Pelican along with a Smart Alec on my back, and I'm, I'm rocking. It's great. And the, the other advantage of the Pelican, because it's hard, it's a chair, it's a footrest. You know, even in an airport where there's not a seat, you can use it to your advantage. Um, what about before you go to the airport? Um, how do you deal with boarding passes? Are you just full-on nerd? Are you going with the, um, with the iPhone boarding pass, or do you do the paper?
0: Uh, my Again, I have a small local regional airport that I travel out of. And they don't they don't do technology, so I they don't. I, mm.
1: What kind of airport is it? I mean, do they have like? Well, aerop- and,
0: Andy Taylor is here. He's our he's our uh, you know TSA agent. No, it's not quite that bad. But I, they they might they might now. I, it, I just I've always just printed out the paper ticket because I'm coming from home and, and taking it to them. Now, if I'm almost always when I'm coming back. Because I 'm usually then flying out of a bigger airport and then coming back in, I almost always travel digital um, i I almost always fly Delta except this most recent trip to Macworld Delta was double what I could get flights for otherwise so I did not travel Delta this time but I use the Delta app or whatever that integrates with passbook and keep my tickets there
1: that's something people don't realize if, if you want to do the the passbook um, boarding pass. And there's a lot of reasons to want to do it because it it shows right up on your home screen. It's somewhat context sensitive. I mean, it shows up as you get close to the flight time. It stays on. It doesn't like if you put it on an app, uh, some of the apps will dim or shut down after a certain amount of time when it's on passbook. It's just on the front. Um, but in order to make that work, and this is the part people don't get, you have to download the app for the the airline. If you're going to do a Delta uh, boarding pass. You have to get the Delta app to, in order to get passbook to work. I think it's kind of a failure in a little bit. I mean, they, you shouldn't have to download an app to make that passbook work.
0: Well, and you know, and I'm thinking about it right now, as you mentioned that I'm flying USA or this next trip, I need to go download their app because I don't normally fly USA and I don't have their app.
1: Yeah. I have a, a folder on my phone just called travel. And now that you can put multiple pages in the folders, like, two or three pages down. I've got every time I have to download another airplane another, um, flight company with, Oh yeah. They're called airlines. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, every time I have to download a new airline application, I just put it in that section, but I end up with a, a collection of them that all that being said, it's pretty, I think it's pretty cool walking up to the, um, the gate and just holding up your phone and getting on the plane.
0: Great. The U S air app has one star, 102 reviews, one star. Perfect.
1: Well, it sounds about par for the course. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Let me go ahead and download this and take my chances. Maybe I will be printing out paper for this particular trip as well.
1: That's the question I wanted to ask you, though. So, when you're using the high tech wizardry, uh, do you also bring a paper printed out boarding pass?
0: Usually not. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I always do when I'm flying out, usually not when I'm flying back, but what I do is I keep all of my travel documents in Evernote. And because I'm an Evernote premium member, I can have an offline folder. And even though we've pretty much got, you know, connectivity everywhere now, sometimes you don't in airports and sometimes you don't in different places because whatever reason. So I put all of my travel documents, including PDFs of my boarding passes, in Evernote whenever I print those out. And so they'll be available on my phone, whether or not I have an internet connection. So even if I get to the gate and something doesn't work with that app, I've still got it in Evernote.
1: Yeah, you could you could, you could do the same thing with a favorite in Dropbox. So if you just have like a Dropbox folder with those PDFs in it, if you favorite them, they appear even when you're disconnected. Uh, I'm like you. I, I almost always make one when I'm going. And I think it's just because i just, panic that on travel day, something is going to go wrong and I'm not going to be able to get on the plane where I need to go. Yeah. The trip back, the trip back, however, usually cause I get, after you do one digital, they send you an email about the next one. So I'll be on a trip and I'll get the email. that says, Hey, here's your boarding pass. You're all set. I'm usually kind of lazy about making a paper copy for the trip back, especially if I'm in a cool place like Kauai, you know? (laughs)
0: Because <laughs> you don't get really on the care plane. if you get back.
1: Yeah. If I can't get on the plane, that might be a benefit, you know.
0: Well, and and usually printing out boarding passes on your flight back can be more difficult, depending on your hotel situation. If you can print out stuff from their business center, and I'm not putting my password in something to, on a hotel, you know, computer to download something. No, thank you.
1: And did you see? I added a whole section on hotels to this outline. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to go like Merlin and Dan crazy, but I do have some thoughts.
0: All right. So any uh, pre-travels, any other pre-travel stuff you want to talk about? Because I, I, I had another question about what's in your bag in cases. I have more questions well, about that. Well, just no?
1: pre-travel, another thing as a geek, um, I always prepare an email and I send it off to two or three people. Yes. That's got the the flight information, where I'm staying, blah, 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 blah. And uh, it's easy to do like w- with my wife. if A lot of the trips I take are just me and I would always send it to her, but I – when the family goes on a trip, it's easy to forget to do that. So if you're taking your whole family, you should still get the information to somebody else out, out there in the world, yeah. a sibling or a friend or somebody.
0: The other thing I always do pre-travel is I don't get much mail. I, it probably wouldn't be a big deal if it piled up, but I always stop my mail and I don't get the paper anymore. But when I used to get the paper, I always stop my paper.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, And uh, UPSPS has made that really easy to do now. Um, you used to have to do a whole thing and fill out a card, but now you just do it online and it, boom, it works. And they'll even, they'll, you know, you tell them whatever day you're getting back and they'll, they'll redeliver it.
1: I just give my neighbor a six pack and he takes care of it for me while I'm gone. It's not very much technology. Let's get back to technology. What else is in your bag?
0: So, um, a question first, while we're still kind of on the subject of bags, Talking more, when you talk about sometimes you travel iPad only, do you change your iPad or your iPhone cases away from your normal case or lack thereof when you travel?
1: Um, That really is a moving target for me. I I seem to be having trouble locking down on an iPad case since I went to the iPad Air. I got a cool keyboard case. I like it. But then I got this really cool saddleback leather case. And that seems to be the one I'm using the most these days. So I, I would not change it. I'll just keep it in the saddleback.
0: Yeah, I I don't usually change my cases either. Although I have been thinking about, there are a couple of, I go caseless on my iPhone, although I do have one of those invisible shields on the front and back. And I know you go caseless on your iPhone too. But I've been thinking, there've been a couple of good reviews about um, cases for iPhones that have integrated wallets that are very slim style that have enough for you to put maybe a, a few pieces of cash and uh, an ID and a credit card in. And I was thinking that might be something decent for travel because it's, it's one less thing to carry. Yeah,
1: If I were going to go with a case for travel for my phone, it would be one with a, a power brick in it because uh, I find that Traveling with the iPad, I never have any problem with power. I mean, there's there's enough power in there to keep me occupied on an iPad all day. The telephone, however, uh, I I do tend to use up a lot of telephone juice when I'm spending time in airports. And I, I guess there's a lot of reasons for it. I think you just find yourself on the phone a lot more when you're sitting around. And that is one I have to be careful with. I carry with me a little power brick. And it's one, again, this is probably three or four years old. It's just a, it literally looks like a little metal brick and it's got a USB um, female plug on it. And you can just plug any cord in it. I just use a standard Apple lightning adapt, uh, lightning um, cable. And I just plug that in and charge up the phone. Like when I get on the plane, I'll probably charge it because I'm not going to be using the phone much.
0: All right, l- l- let's talk about power. So, right. so when you travel with your, do you have one of those like Mophie juice pack air cases or one of those that actually goes on your phone?
1: No, I, I had one for my iPhone three GS. Okay. And it was actually pretty useful. And I was thinking this year at Macworld, if Mophie's there, I'm going to look at maybe buying one for the five S because it's, uh, it would be kind of nice on occasion, but to tell you the truth, I don't normally need it. I wouldn't be carrying it around all the time.
0: Yeah. I have bought those cases in the past, and i m- i don 't think I had one for my iPhone four I think, like you, the last one I had was for my iPhone three g and I found that the only time I ever used those cases was at Macworld or when I was traveling at a similar conference and those cases they 're kind of expensive they 're somewhere between eighty and one hundred and twenty bucks, depending on which version you get and i 'm looking at it. And I'm basically, you know, assuming that I keep my phone for two years and I use this case twice a year, may- maybe four times a year, you know, I'm spending between 30 and 60 bucks every time I use this case. Is it, is it worth it? And yeah, I, ul- that's I, ul- true. I ultimately decided that it wasn't. Um, what I have moved to instead is I've just gotten the little power bricks, the more universal power supply bricks, and, and everybody makes them. Um, Mophie makes them. Monoprice makes them. Um, you know, pick a company. You know, so many companies now make them. I would just say, you know, pick a name brand company and, and, and go with something reasonable. And you can get ones that have double USB ports or single USB ports. And you can even get ones now that have 2.1 amp ports that will charge an iPad because most of them wouldn't before.
1: I I agree, and that's essentially what I've been doing since the 3GS. Is I carry one of those, and that seems to be good enough.
0: I I carry one of those and a short cable. You can get a four-inch Lightning cable from either Amazon or from Monoprice, and that makes it really easy. I can just stick it in my Scotty vest. It's, um, you know, when they're both together, I don't lose them, and uh, (laughs) or just stick it in a pocket or stick it in a purse or whatever. And those power bricks, you know, I've seen now. Monoprice has one that's eight hundred milli or eight thousand milliamp hours. That's like enough times to charge your iPhone like four or five times. Maybe six times. A lot. It's yeah. enough, you know. So I'm sold. that's what I use. Yeah. Uh, um, the other thing that I that I travel with in terms of power is I saw them at Macworld last year and I picked one up is I've got the um Canx double up. And it is, you know, it I used to carry uh, a, an Apple 10-watt charger, and sometimes I would either carry another charger. And I the, the Double Up is a little bit bigger than the Apple 10-watt charger, but it's not quite as big as carrying both a 10-watt and a 5-watt charger together. And you plug it in, it takes up one plug, and it gives you two USB ports, but they both will provide 10 watts of power. So you can charge two devices, including a full-size iPad, And if you plug an iPhone into a 10 watt, um, port, it will charge significantly faster. So, and I like it because it has these little lights on it that you can at a glance from across the room in the hotel, see whether your device is charged or not.
1: Yeah. uh, Both two amps, 2.1
0: amps, both 2.1 amps. Yep.
1: I haven't bought one of those yet, but, uh, I might have to, this is okay. So the money, the money's starting up here on this show. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I have that you probably have is a plug bug. Yeah. Um, and what that is, is it's a little red accessory that will go on the end of your MacBook's power adapter. And you, you pull the end off your MacBook power adapter, you replace it with the plug bug, and your MacBook continues to work as normal. It, it does add a little bit of size to your MacBook power adapter, but it also gives you a 10-watt USB port. So basically when I travel now, I have three 10-watt USB ports back in my hotel room.
1: Yeah, and I'm always frantic about that when I'm traveling, of always topping off the charge and everything, because you never know when you're gonna run out. Well, we've we've got more to talk about, but before we do, I'd like to talk about our first sponsor, and that's the transporter. Because you know what the transporter is kind of useful for travel geeks too. Um they've got some things coming down the road. They they've given me permission to talk about the the new iOS app that's in beta testing now and should be available in early April. And it's adding a very cool feature. Um, It adds the ability to upload the entire photo roll, both your images and videos, to a transporter. Did you know about this?
0: It's possible that I knew something about that.
1: Yeah, so you can uh, get a backup copy made uh, to your transporter while you're on the trip. So if you shoot a bunch of video and take a bunch of pictures with your phone, everything's backed up to the transporter and then you're in the airport and a, you know, one of those big trucks that they use to pull the airplanes out, it runs over your phone. You think, Oh no, I lost all my pictures. No, you didn't. They're, they're on the transporter. You're good. I thought that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. You can, you can do that now on a case by case basis with your photos on the transporter. So you can select your photos and upload them to your transporter back at home or back at the office or, or whatever. But the ability to, to bulk upload everything on your camera roll is going to be huge.
1: Yeah, this is going to solve the problem for you. Another another uh, travel tip with your transporter is, you can download movies into an iPhone, iPod device, and watch them during travel. And you can do that through the transporter app. So if you've got stuff you want to watch, it gives you another access to it. Like you know, if you've got kids with you and and you brought the uh, you brought Despicable Me one, and it turns out they really want Despicable Me two. If you got it on your transporter, you're set. So that's, that's pretty clever, I think. Um, Transporter's doing a lot of great stuff. They, they're going to have some new software on the Mac that's really solving a bunch of problems that people have been trying to figure out for a while. For instance, select and sync only files you need. That's going to be a new feature. It's coming out. They're doing a press release tomorrow, so this will be out by the time the show goes live. Uh, you can store files now directly to the transporter and free up space on your local hard drive. You know, so before you know they had this mirror thing going on, that's not going to be the case anymore. If you've got twenty gigabytes of your lifetime supply of comics and you want to put it on your transporter, you can do that. Uh, they've got some other additional features coming out, so you want to check it out. Special folders, selective sync. Uh, transporter library available uh, for free to all. I mean, it, it, they're really doing some great stuff. And they're supporting our audience. How are they doing that? We've got some deals for you. So if you want to get yourself a new transporter, go to filetransporter.com and use the offer code MPU10, MPU10, and you're going to get 10% off your deal. If you want to get a transporter sync, and that's the little hockey puck that you can attach to an existing USB device, Uh, You can get that now for $75. It's usually $99. You get $24 off. Just use the code MPU75. So if you've got a big hard drive, you want to attach it to the transporter and get all these features I've been talking about, you can do that for just $75. If you want the whole thing baked into one, frankly, that's what I prefer. Uh, It's the transporter. Get the full-on transporter model. You can get 10% off whichever one you want. And they've got varying sizes, so you can put whatever it is you need. Uh, It's a great device. And there's more, you know, transporters related to Drobo. And guess what? Katie and I are going to be in the Drobo booth at Macworld. So if you're there, you can come by and see us. We can talk about Drobos and transporters or whatever other geeky things. Maybe you can tell me what your fixed seat is on an airplane, because I bet I'm not the only one. Uh, So come see us now. Katie, when is that?
0: That is going to be on Thursday, March 27th at 1 p.m.
1: And guess what? It's well, not enough that they're giving ten percent off or twenty four dollars off a of sink. They are giving away a Drobo to to one of our you know people that comes wa- comes and watches us at one o'clock. Somebody's going to get a Drobo.
0: Wow! So you better come see us at the Drobo booth at yeah. one o'clock.
1: Yeah, somebody's walking out of there with a new Drobo that day. So go they, check they it better out.
0: Better bring a pelican so they can get it home.
1: Yeah, you might need it because <laughs> these are valuable. And, and please do come by and see us at Macworld. Katie and I love meeting listeners and, and readers. And, you know, we're all, we're all in this together. So check it out. We'll see you at the Drobo booth. Uh, In the meantime, go check out a transporter for yourself and just take a look at the software. I love it when a company that makes great hardware continues to evolve their software. So it's like you get more out of the product as time goes on. and, And that's what I really dig about what these guys are doing. So check it out. And thanks transporter and Drobo for sponsoring the show.
0: Uh real quick, before we move off power, the the one thing that I mentioned that I almost always travel with is a power strip.
1: Yeah, I wanted to talk about that kind of, uh, to me, that's in relation to to the room. But I, I have one that I really like. It's the Belkin Surge Plus.
0: That's the one that kind of rotates?
1: Yeah, it, it's got three plugs on it, and it's got two USB ports on it. And you, you, whenever you go to a hotel room, there's never enough plugs. I'll have to say that has been changing a little bit. It seemed like over the last couple of years as I've been traveling, I've been seeing more hotels that are getting wise to the fact that we need to plug things in, but it seemed like it was for some reason, this very stingy thing about only having one plug in a hotel room. I wonder why that is. There must be a reason.
0: Yeah. Belkin makes a good one. I know a lot of people who like that particular one. It's a lot. Here's a tip. It's a lot bigger than it looks. When you when you see that Belkin one in real life, and I guess it has to be, but when you see it on Amazon, you're like, oh, it's so small. It's the size of an iPhone. It's not. It's big. It, yeah. You know, you, you have to store it in your shoe or something. I like um, the Monster uh, Travel pow- Power Outlets, and they make two versions depending on what you want. They make a version that has four power strips, so if you want, it's got two on each side, or they make a version that has three power strips and USB power built in. And it's got a little bit of a cord, so you can add about a foot of length to to whatever you want. So if your plug's not quite in a convenient place, you've got a little wiggle room. It's called the um, Monster Outlets to Go.
1: Okay, so let's talk about beyond the stuff you need on travel day. If you're a geek and you're traveling, there I have a whole list in reminders. And there's a lot of stuff that I may need to bring on a trip. And it, it depends. Like if I'm going to be speaking, I have a pile of adapters to you know to get various Macs and iPads connected to projectors. Yeah. Um, If I'm going to be in a hotel room any significant amount of time, I like bringing the HDMI to iPad adapter and an, and a little HDMI cable. I have one that's like 10 feet long, but it rolls up very compact. And if you get to the hotel room, especially if you're bringing kids with you, you can just plug into the TV and you can, you know, broadcast to the TV Have you ever tried that before?
0: Not with the HDMI to iPad adapter. I've done it with an Apple TV, though. Apple TV using AirPlay. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's where I was going to go next is if you want to go really crazy, you can bring the uh, AirPlay adapter and the uh, Apple TV. That's what I do. So how often do you do that?
0: It depends on what I'm doing. Um, And it it depends on how long I'm going to be there. If I'm just going to be there for a night and I'm just staying a night – Probably I won't, you know, if I'm just by myself because I'm, I'm usually busy. If I'm staying there a couple of nights and I don't have a really busy agenda, then yeah, I'll usually bring it so that I can catch up on TV shows and watch them or even, you know, queue up a movie to watch and, some you know, I'll either have it or either have it, and sometimes I'll have it downloaded on my iPad and just airplay it over um, or get something from iTunes rather than paying the ridiculous, uh, you know, rental in, in the uh, hotel room and just start it that morning. And that way it'll be all downloaded by the evening.
1: The, the thing for me is I don't, you know, if it's just me on a trip, I never bring any of that stuff, except to the extent it's needed as part of a presentation. Cause when I'm in a hotel room, and when I go on trips, I am very—I can't sit still. So I don't like to stay in hotel rooms for like an, an evening alone. It's Maybe it's because I've been around the anarchy of having children so long. But that much quiet will get to me. <laughs> so, But uh, if I'm going to watch a movie, I'll just watch it on my iPad screen. But whenever the kids come along, I always like to bring something to kind of keep them entertained. Um, setting up the whole airport and Airport Express. And let, let's just take a minute to talk about that. I did a post on it. I'll put a link in. Um, you can create if you have a wireless network in your hotel room, which you can create for a hundred dollars with an airport express yourself, but maybe the hotel has it already. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. Uh but you so you either have an airport express or pre-existing Wi-Fi network, then you can plug an Apple TV into the wall with an HDMI cable going into the TV, and then you can wirelessly broadcast from your iPad or your Mac to the Apple TV. Uh, this is really great if you're giving presentations and you want to be uh, wire-free. So you may have it with you anyway because you're giving a presentation. But uh, if you want, you could also bring it just for the sake of making your your hotel room more convenient to get stuff on the TV.
0: Yeah, and then to be clear, you don't actually have to have internet connectivity. You, you just have to have the connection that everything is on the same connection. So I have an Airport Express that's a couple of years old. It's, it's the kind that actually plugs straight into the wall. It's not the newer model. But it's still new enough that it can be set up with the, um, the airport app on, on iOS. So if I need to tweak something, I can. But I keep that constantly configured in bridge mode, and I keep it with the same name as my home Wi-Fi network, the same password credentials as my home Wi-Fi network. So many of the times when I get into a hotel room, all I have to do is, if there's an Ethernet cable in the hotel room, which is preferred, you know, log in, plug in that Ethernet cable, and now I've got my own network broadcasting to everything. Um, You know, if there's not, then I just plug that in and all of my devices magically already connect to it.
1: And the point being, if it's not plugged into the Internet, you still have a Wi-Fi network. It just doesn't happen to have the Internet connected.
0: Yeah, which is still fine for airplay. It's still fine for presentations. You're just not going to be able to watch Netflix or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, some other stuff I bring in my bag for travel day is a good pair of headphones to
0: define a good pair of headphones. You mean like not yeah, like the Apple headphones question.
1: or. Um, I have a pair of uh, in-ear headphones. I don't have a pair of noise canceling. The only big like can headphones I have are what I use for podcasting. And I don't travel with them because then I have to deal with them. So, but I have a good pair that, you know, pushes in my ear. So it kind of blocks out a lot of the noise. And I also have an external keyboard, especially since I'm not going to be using, if I'm not using a keyboard case for the iPad for a long flight I'll set it I'll prop up my iPad and I'll pull out the keyboard and I'll go. And I'm pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I always miss those Mac 11 MacBook Airs, uh, 11-inch MacBook Airs when I travel.
0: <laughs> you t- you tried one, remember, and you didn't keep it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 the computer that I lust after but will never actually buy.
0: Yeah. yeah. I actually just bought a pair of headphones and I, I cannot comment on them because I've I've only tried them in my ear for about five minutes because I just got them. But Monoprice, again, one of my favorite stores. Um, when I went to Alaska last year, I bought some noise-canceling headphones because they were pretty long flights. And I got the big Monoprice can headphones. And uh, they were fairly inexpensive. They were sub $100. And they were decent quality. I am not an audiophile, so I'm not the person to ask, you know, about the highs, the lows, the mids, and, and all of this stuff. I'm like, can I hear it? Uh-huh. Okay, good. So, and they were fine, and I liked them, and they were comfortable, but for tra- they just took up so much space in my travel bag. And so I've actually taken those noise-canceling headphones, and I've taken them into the office. We just got wood floors put in our office, and oh my gosh, it's driving me crazy. So I now have those big can noise-canceling headphones in my office, and I probably look like quite the dork sitting in my office with my noise-canceling headphones on doing my work. But, you know, if it works. And Monoprice is now selling... Um, in-ear, earbud style, noise-canceling headphones. And um, they recently had some kind of sale where you could get $15 off 30 and or something like that. And I picked up a pair, and I picked it up. I mean, they were like less than 70 bucks, So um, I figured I'm going to give those a try. All right. I'll report back.
1: At Macworld.
0: At Macworld, yeah.
1: You can tell people about that at the Drobo
0: booth. I can. I can at the Drobo booth if they're there. So th- that I will let you know. Um, you had on your list a camera. I have gotten to the point where I don't travel with a camera other than my iPhone.
1: Depends on the trip, but like if it's a family trip, I I love my little PL5, my Olympus PL5 with a little pancake lens on it. it takes beautiful pictures, so I will bring it. It's small enough; it fits in my bag.
0: Yeah. See, I won't bring any camera other than my iPhone to Macworld, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then I bring cables. Lots of cables. Um, I bring, you know, because you've got to bring, depending on what you have, you've got to be able to charge all this stuff. So sometimes you need mini USB cables. Sometimes you need micro USB cables. Many times you need lightning cables. Um, I've gotten to the point now where I don't need any 30 pin cables. Although when I travel with family, I always bring 30 pin cables because I am responsible for everybody's electronics, no matter what happens. You, You understand
1: Yeah, I do. I do. But all that stuff to me goes in the Pelican and is locked up for travel day um, in the backpack, whichever form of backpack I have, it's really just going to be an iPad, a keyboard, that little battery and a lightning cable. And that's pretty much all the technology I need to get through the day.
0: Now I started, I like the, um, the mini cables, little four inch cables for travel. Or I also, um, I have a couple of retractable cables
1: I don't know what it is about those retractable cables, but they just don't do anything for me.
0: Well, they just they're they're not messy. I mean, if you open up a bag of cables, it, it's just it's spaghetti in there.
1: Yeah, I had one, I've had a couple go bad though.
0: You you don't know how to use them. Okay. No, just kidding.
1: <laughs> I'm told that often.
0: Okay. um how do you how do you organize all of this all of like when i was at macworld last year i was up in the speaker's lounge for something and chuck Joyner had laid out on the table two griddits that had every adapter you could possibly imagine and i was just in awe of what he had how do you manage all this stuff
1: i'm kind of giving away my hotel room uh problem can i you want me to go there for a minute okay Okay, one of the things I do is I'm very particular about what's going to happen the next day. So, boy, I'm, I'm just going to go there. All right. So when I go in a hotel room, especially if I don't, if it's like a trip without the family. Because I live, you know, in a house with my wife and two daughters. And, you know, I don't, I don't, there's stuff everywhere all the time. I mean, when you have kids, anybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about, right? So when I get in a hotel room and it's just me. I do the the sweep, you know, I get in the room and like I clear off every scrap of paper from every uh, horizontal surface in the room. And I find one drawer and I just shove everything in there. So the first thing I do is sweep it all. And then I have a drawer that I put all my, the little doodads. And it's not going to be the drawer next to the bedside table because I need that drawer for something else. And so I put all the little doodads in there. So then the night before when I'm on a trip is I'll go through my doodad drawer and I'll say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to need this, this, and this. I'll just pick the things I need that day and I'll put them in the drawer next to the beds, to the bed. And then the morning I'll wake up, put that stuff in my pocket, my bag and I'm gone.
0: Have you seen Tom Ben's um, travel tray? No. Oh, you should look at this. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pop-up fold. Well, it's a, it folds flat but it's a pop up bag that is designed for you to take on travel, because I don't know about you, but I, I have a little, um a little catch all ceramic bowl in my kitchen. So I, I walk in my house and I land in the kitchen. And that's where I drop my keys. That's where I drop my wallet. That's where sometimes my phone lands. And I keep basically my go items in that little, that little bowl in my house. And this is what the travel tray is, but it's like for travel. So it will, it pops out. And when you reach in your desk, you know, when you get to your hotel room, you can stick in your keys, you can drop your coins in there, your cell phone, your wallet, or, you know, all this little small stuff that you don't want to, you know, you want it all to be in one place. And then if you need to fold it all up and go, it folds and converts into a little, you know, kind of baggy thing.
1: Okay. Well, that would work.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. That would work. I, I do use those griddits. I have several of those. So like in terms of, of organizing it in my bag, I have a variety of different size griddits. But my whole goal is when I'm on a trip is to only have the things with me that I really need. And the stuff that I'm going to need tomorrow is actually back in a hotel room. So okay. I don't need to carry around. You know, Katie, we've been going uh, 55 minutes and we've done one sponsor read.
0: Oh my goodness. We should probably talk about something else. So why don't yeah. why don't I tell you about... I believe this is their first time sponsoring Mac power users, but they are certainly a long time podcast sponsor. Um, And that is lynda.com. Are you a user of lynda.com?
1: I have subscribed to lynda for like two years.
0: Yeah. So lynda.com has over 2000 high quality and engaging video courses taught by industry experts. In fact, our good friend Chris Breen just tweeted out that he's got a new video series up on lynda.com. So, They've got brand new courses added every single day, like Chris's, and Linda helps anyone learn how to be more creative with anything from talking about software to business skills to life goals and coaching, whatever you want. Anything that you want to learn more about, um, Linda probably has a video on from increasing productivity to a specific software suite or iOS app that you want to know about. Uh, if you go to lynda.com, they probably not only have one video, they probably have a series of videos. And the thing I like about Lynda is I really like their pricing model. And it's $25 a month. And it gives you unlimited access to everything that they have. So if you decide that, you know, I want to learn about logic, which is actually something that I'm interested in learning a little more about for podcast editing and stuff. Now that some of the features have been taken out of GarageBand, they have dozens and dozens of videos on logic. So you can kind of start from totally beginner and you can work your way to get more advanced, or you can just dig in and say, okay, I want to learn about this particular subject um, and kind of dig in and dig through. So you can watch it on your computer, you can watch it on your tablet, you can watch it on your phone, uh, you can do it in little spurts, or you can just kind of sit down and binge watch whatever you want. The entire month, it's only $25. Switch to a different course, no problem. You've already paid your $25. You can watch whatever you want. And I really like a couple of times I'll I'll subscribe to Linda, um, like over the summer or when I have a break and I have a little more free time. And I'll just say, you know, this is what... I want to learn more about, and I talked about in our last episode with TJ, I wanted to learn a little bit more about coding. So that's kind of the next thing that I'm going to dive in with Linda. Um, You also get searchable transcripts, so you can quickly find any information you want within a course. They're closed captioned. They're very easy to follow along. They're very professional done. Um, So you can do all kinds of stuff. They've got Apple-specific stuff. They've got app-specific stuff, if you always wanted to learn how to use OmniFocus, or Evernote, or Microsoft Office, or if you wanted to learn about Logic or Final Cut, um, they've got, you know, just a couple of examples of videos that they have on that. Um, Or even if you wanted to learn more generic things about hobbies, like they've got a whole series on podcasting, you know, we get a lot of Uh, emails from listeners saying I want to learn more about podcasting. And we did that one podcasting show, but they've got a whole series on Linda. If you want to learn more about photo management or photography, uh, they've got videos uh, for that too. But as uh, Jordy LaForge would say, you don't have to take my word for it. Um, if you're listening to this show, uh, we've got a special offer that will give you seven days to try the entire library to, for free. Um, you can, you know, maybe you've got spring break coming up. You can binge for seven days during spring break and see what you want, or just browse through and see the different kind of videos that you've got. So go to lynda.com, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash mac power users. Um, and that will start your free trial. So thank you to Linda and thank you for your kind support of five by five and Mac power users.
1: One of my favorite things to do with Linda videos is to watch them on the treadmill. Yeah. You can, they've got an iPad app. You just fire it up. I was having some trouble with uh, PayPal, you know, because part of the book sales for the PDFs goes through PayPal. I know, I know, I know. You don't have to say all that stuff that you're thinking. Uh, But I felt like I didn't really know what I was doing on the PayPal website. Well, they've got like a two hour video on all of, you know, every nook and cranny of PayPal. So I, I watched it and walked like five miles at the same time.
0: Wow. I'm surprised you didn't fall down.
1: I know. Aren't you? not you?
0: <laughs> really? Anyway. Um, let's talk about travel apps. Are we there? David? Oh boy, edit point here. Fifty one minutes in.
1: I I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry, I had a, a problem. Okay, you just want to start now?
0: All right. So um, what about travel apps? I
1: like travel apps. Don't you?
0: I have a whole folder on my iPhone for travel apps.
1: Yeah. You, you know, one of them that, uh, as I was working on the outline, it occurred to me is perhaps my favorite travel app is TweetBot. Hmm. I I really, I think the process, especially travel day, is lonely. You know, you're going through all these airports. You don't know anybody. You're sitting there, and I find myself tweeting a lot when I'm traveling.
0: Yeah, so, every everybody does. You know, there's some people who say that you shouldn't tweet or post on Facebook at all when you when you travel because then people will come rob your houses.
1: Yeah, that that could be true, but it, it sure is nice uh, connecting with my my friends on Twitter when I'm sitting in an airport for five hours.
0: Yeah, that's true. All right, tweetbot's a good one. Um, I have a new app, and and I'm going to mix it up a little bit because. I travel a lot by car. I mean, I, I know when you traditionally think of travel, you think about getting on a plane and going somewhere. But, you know, most of my travel is within the state. And I travel by car time I travel within the state. And um, well, recently, my mom and I just took a weekend trip up to go visit my uncle. I was going to a wedding shower for a friend of mine, and, and we we're going to go stay with him and make it a weekend trip. And he wanted to know, Um, when we were going to arrive, because we were kind of arriving during rush hour. And, you know, rather than do that thing of, okay, we left, okay, we just crossed the border. Okay, well, we just hit I-85. All right, well, now we're getting off at the exit. Um, I used Glimpse, which is uh, a free app that uh, uses GPS to track your location. And it will allow you to selectively share your location for a limited period of time with one or a group of people. And they can literally see you turn by turn where you are. And if you tell them your speed, and so they can project your your time of arrival. And it was so cool, because we we were fine until we got off the interstate. And then we weren't quite sure where we were going from there, because he had moved since the last time we visited. And we took a wrong turn. And we knew we had done it as soon as we did it. But um, the minute we took that wrong turn, my phone rang, and it's my uncle He's saying, you guys took a wrong turn. Yeah, he'd been following us all the way in on Glimpse. He just thought it was the coolest thing.
1: And, and the nice thing about Glimpse is they don't need to have Glimpse installed. No, he
0: was watching on a web
1: browser. Yeah. So, and and it will give them kind of warnings as you're getting close. Yeah. I I use it when I go to my family, but I can't get them to use it coming to me, and I really wish they would. Cuz yeah. I'd like a 10-minute warning before, you know, the sparks invade. <laughs>
0: I might need more warning than that, but yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, that's, that's actually pretty cool. You know, another one that's kind of fun for the car, it's called a HUD or HUD plus.
0: I, I'm shows, not familiar with that.
1: Yeah. It's just like a little like heads up display kind of thing where it shows you like, if you, if you have your phone mounted on one of those things on your window, it gives you information relating to your drive. That's not like, like how fast you're going. And okay. it'll track like your incline and different things when you get to your trip. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm always hesitant to get any kind of app you use while you drive. But this essentially adds another dashboard to your phone Yeah. for your car.
0: How do you mount your iPhone in your car?
1: Or do you? Um, uh, I, I, I go through um, phases. When my, when my oldest started driving, I, I took all the mounts off all the cars because I just wanted to send a message. And I, I have a Ram mount R A M, and I think they're really, I had bought mounts for a long time and they all, you know, like those suction cup mounts, they'll work for like two months and then they'll just stop working one day.
0: Yeah. And then your RAM, iPhone falls down and everything.
1: Yeah. And Ram mounts are like the, the gold standard. They just don't do it. They're really well made and uh, they're more expensive. I think I ended up paying like about $40 for the one I have, but it, it, it like locks onto the window. It's not coming off. It's got a really nice like uh, grippable cradle that the phone can go in, and I have kind of the universal one, so any kind of phone, whether it's in a case or not, could go into that. Um, that being said, I keep it in my glove box most of the time, and uh, the navigation in my car, like the navigation system in every car, is pretty bad. So if I'm going to need to use uh, the Maps app or something to help me get somewhere, then I'll pull it out of the glove box and attach it. And then I'll I'll use it for that. But I don't like to just have it in there all the time because I'd be afraid that I'd be tempted to do stuff with it.
0: Yeah. Put put a link and, to that in the show notes because I I just looked them up and there seem to be a bunch of different types of of RAM mounts that you can use. So yeah, is this I, does this connect for, via a suction cup or?
1: Yeah, well, the RAM is very modular. Like they have different phone like mounts, like the. Um, you know, I'm using, I think, what they call the universal mounts. I'll look it up. I'm not looking at the website right now. And then they have different ways to attach the mount to the car. They have some that'll plug into an air conditioning vent. They have some that will literally screw into the dash. They have one that goes into like a cup holder, and then they have a suction cup one. I, I use the suction cup one for the window.
0: Yeah. I haven't historically used a mount, um, but I think I would like to. And the one I'm thinking about picking up is, is pretty inexpensive. It was... Um, recommended I think by Eric Hass over on technical difficulties and it's called the can you airframe and it's just one of these that that clips into um, a vent on your on your car and so you kind of have to figure out you know what is the layout of your car and and what will be a good position for you but it's it's pretty small and it's pretty unobtrusive and it's you know only 25 bucks or so so if it doesn't look out it's not the end of the world but I will I will check that out
1: the RAM products they use in airplanes and law enforcement, I'm looking now, they have a RAM mount for a handgun. So, there you go. You know, these guys aren't messing around. No. But the, the RAM mounts are pretty nice.
0: Yeah, your, your mount will definitely beat my mount. Um, So other apps for travel that I use, I am, I am a white noise type of person. I have a, I have a fan that I sleep with, um, not actually with, but it's by my bed. And I don't sleep well if I don't have that fan noise. So I've got a a white, and that's what it's called, white noise app. And there's a free version that's got some basic sounds and a premium version for like two bucks that has additional sounds. And I, I use that when I travel and I find that I sleep better when I've got that white noise going and I actually keep it going. Um, I put it on the side when I, when I'm asleep at the house at home, my, my fan is on the left side of my bed. So I find that if I put my iPhone with the white noise machine on the left side of my bed, um, it makes a difference. But that also um, that white noise app also has a built in uh, digital clock that you can fade in and fade out. And you think, well, I don't need a digital clock because all the hotel rooms have clocks, but not necessarily or not necessarily in a convenient location. Like again, when we took this weekend trip to my uncle's, um, I ended up sleeping in the living room because he only had one guest bedroom. And so when I was sleeping in the living room, there there was no clock that I could easily read. So I had the white noise going, and I had my iPhone, and I had it kind of propped up. Because I, I like to be able to look up and at a glimpse see what time it is.
1: And I, I can't have anything turned on in my room.
0: Just, just silence and dark? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right.
1: It's a sickness. It's a yep. sickness. Um, some other travel apps. Flight track.
0: Yes, flight track. I like the older version better because it integrated with Tripit. Yeah. But um so I still keep the older version around, but the newer version is excellent as well.
1: I have one called City Maps that I really like. It's a lot of like transit maps. It's like subway maps. Um so if I'm in a city and I'm on rapid transit, I can find my way around with my phone. There's a couple of, of different transit type apps like that. So just, you know, pick whichever one you like the best. A lot of them are just an image of the, uh, the thing of the city's transit system. Uh, I also like to have Uber when I travel and I guess it depends on what city you're going to, but Uber's the, you know, it's basically a dial a cab service. You open the app and a a car shows up and it'll drive you somewhere that can come in handy.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I use cloak when I travel, It's a VPN service that you can get for, you know, my plan is two bucks a month and it gives me five gigs of of space. And so when I'm on hotel Wi-Fi or when I'm on airport Wi-Fi or if I'm on conference center Wi-Fi or wherever I am, I've got my VPN enabled on either on both my Mac and my iPhone and my iPad. And that way I don't have to worry about chewing up data because it's it's so easy to chew up data. And we'll talk more about that later maybe um, because I can be on Wi-Fi, but I'm you know, more confident because I'm on a VPN.
1: Yeah. I want to talk about data and travel in a big way, Uh, Okay, but maybe before we do that, let's uh, let's talk about our other sponsor. And that is one password. One password is the, the final solution for the password problem. I mean, it's really difficult to have passwords for websites because you want to make it something that makes it easy for you to get in. So you start using, some very simple combination like pencil or you know whatever it is that you, that you can keep in your head. And you start using it at multiple websites. And the problem is as soon as somebody gets that password, the bad guys are going to run that same password. They know it's identified to a certain email address. They're going to take that email address and that password and run it against all the major websites that they can think of, like PayPal and Dropbox and all the places that you really don't want people getting your data. So the solution is to make a really difficult password. But that's really hard because it's hard to generate a difficult password. I mean, getting the right combination of letters and symbols without just randomly mashing your hands on a keyboard. And also, how are you going to remember them? Because they've got to be a different one for every every website. Well, that's what 1Password does. It solves that problem for you. It allows you to create unique, strong passwords and attach them to different websites. Then it remembers them for you. So let's say you go to PayPal and you put in, uh, you hit the little one password icon in the top of your Safari browser. You type in your master one password password and it fills in that really difficult password for you. If you change it, it's going to update that password for it. So it's going to go always remember that for you. It has the ability to go to a website, fill it in and log you in. So it really kind of solves the problem of convenience and security because it is convenient, but it is also secure. Uh, They've got, it on multiple platforms, the Mac, the PC, the iPhone, the iPad. So wherever you're going, you're going to have what you need with this stuff. It allows you to not only secure passwords, but also notes and other things that are important to you, which I think are really important as we're putting more and more data into our phones and these mobile devices we're carrying around with us. If on that trip I went up to San Francisco, I'd lost my iPad. There was a lot of really important stuff on there. Well, I've got it all locked up in secure notes and one password and it's solved for me. Um, a tip I had for one password, someone was asking me, they said, you know, it's all great, but I don't like the ability that I have to always go and use my mouse and move around because I'm a Mac power user and I want this thing to be faster. So I had written back to this listener talking about keyboard shortcuts and I kept the notes because I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't think a lot of people realize if you're using one password on a Mac command slash is all you need to really get anything done. It gives you the fill login screen.
0: David, are you you saying that command slash is your password? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well why yes i am <laughs> that was one of their t-shirts by the way a few years ago MacWorld. but yeah so if you hit command slash it opens up one password for you and it allows you to fill the login and it just sends you off on your way you don't have to lif- lift your hands from the keyboard if you want to show an extension pop-up you hit option command slash and it does that for you um, if you want to switch sections you can use the tab key uh, if you want to view item details like let's say you you open up PayPal and you want to get into the details for PayPal. You hit the right arrow key and it goes through. All this stuff can be done without lifting your, your hands from the keyboard. I mean, one password has got salt. Uh, they have a big crew of people. Uh, most of them are Canadians, which makes them extra nice and makes them extra smart. You know, have you have you noticed that what a power uh, Canada's becoming lately? I know it's like crazy. I was watching the Olympics. Man, they're dominating. But uh they're also dominating the password business, and the ultimate proof of that was given to me today when I clicked a link and saw a sandwich video on one password
0: that is awesome, yeah, he sums up one password in two minutes better than we ever could hope to
1: well Adam was a uh, a guest on our show way back when I'll have to put that in the show, maybe we need to have him back but uh so uh, they've got this great video from um, Adam Lissagor. You can go check it out. We're going to put that in the show notes as well. You can go ahead and get yourself one password uh, from the Mac App Store for 49 Or if you're on Windows and a Mac, you can get a bundle from Agile or OnePassword.com, It's $69.99. That gets you both versions. You can also get it in the Mac App Store. I'm sorry, the iOS App Store. You can get a version for your iPhone and iPad. The whole thing ties together. They use iCloud. They can use Dropbox. Very secure. And it really brings you a lot of peace of mind. Uh, so go check out 1Password. And if you're already a believer, let us know how you're using it. Maybe we'll be able to use Uh, Some of your tips and tricks in future shows. Thanks, Agile and 1Password for supporting the show. And uh, one last point, 1Password is going to be at Macworld. So if you're going to Macworld, you can go by and say hello to those guys and tell them you heard about them from us.
0: Yeah, we'll have to stop by and see
1: them. Yeah, definitely.
0: So we've got a couple of more topics that we need to cover. I know you want to talk about managing data, but I want to hear a little bit more about your hotel obsession. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I, I kind of gave away some of it. Is number one is always bring extra power for the hotel.
0: Yes, and you've you've got the surge plus, and I've got my monster outlet to go.
1: The other one is, and you know Merlin and Dan, on back to work, have kind of perfected the art of talking about their uh, their problems that they have. I, mean, I,
0: I I can't listen to that. I'm just I, I, I don't I, I don't want to know what is in my hotel. They are all pristine, clean, and no one has ever been in them before me
1: the The man assumption. I'm not even going to tell you what that means, but if you go look it up on the internet, it's probably on the internet somewhere. I'm um, sure it's on
0: the internet somewhere.
1: I try not to think about that, but I do. Uh, so I, I'm not as obsessed with germs because I just get over it. Uh, but uh, I am obsessed with clutter, and when I get in a hotel room, like I said, I, I just sweep the place. It's it's all in a drawer. Everything goes away. All, all those little blotters and little notepads and. All the stuff they, you know, the local restaurants, all that stuff. The first thing I do is get rid of all that stuff. If there's, if there's furniture in the way that I don't like, I push it in the corner.
0: Do you unpa- unpack road. in a hotel room?
1: Uh, it depends how long, usually I do. Yeah. Okay. Even just for a couple days, I'll unpack.
0: Yeah, I do too. I
1: mean, what and, do you think I am? An
0: animal. Well, and usually the first thing I have to do is I have to iron because yeah, everything's got, too. everything's got wrinkly when I travel.
1: And then that, that whole ritual I have of the night before getting everything ready. Because there's nothing worse than waking up in a strange city. I never really sleep that well in a strange bed. So when I wake up, I just want all the, the decisions made for me. Like my clothes are out, ironed already. The, uh, the stuff that needs to go in my pocket is, and the stuff that needs to go in my bag is in a drawer. And I'm ready to go. That's why I'm so chipper every morning at Macworld.
0: I take my own breakfast to hotel rooms. If they don't have one of those little continental breakfast things, I'll take like some cliff bars and stuff. Yeah. Just cause I don't want to mess with that, but that's not the really other, tech related.
1: But the other thing you want to do in a hotel room is think about your data. So there's a couple different solutions. You can get data through hotel Wi-Fi, which is becoming increasingly available. I mean, this last uh, 2013, my family took a vacation and where we stayed, they had really great Wi-Fi. I've never seen a hotel with Wi-Fi this good. I mean, while I was there, I think they came out with an update for something on my Mac, and I went ahead and just updated it there because it was so great. But you're you're in a big pool at that point of uh, of other people. And if you're going to go onto the hotel Wi-Fi, there's a couple things you want to do. And the first is beware of data sharing.
0: You should beware of data sharing on any trip. Period. You should just turn it all off.
1: Yeah. And what does that mean? Well, if you want to know what that means, go ahead and open up iTunes next time you're on a trip and see other people's libraries available to you. Do that at Macworld. Yeah. Macworld is a great place to learn about data sharing because there's <laughs> a lot of geeks there and everybody's running their Mac in their hotel rooms. And if they have it turned on, then all of a sudden you see people, other people's music.
0: And photos now.
1: Yeah, and photo sharing.
0: <laughs> and and Which, you, any any files that they're sharing over in there right there in your menu bar, thanks to the wonderful power of Bonjour.
1: Yeah, so um, that's something you want to turn off. So, Katie, how do you do that?
0: Well, you go into system preferences and into the sharing preferences, and there are nice little checkboxes where you just uncheck them all.
1: Yeah, it used to be in, I think, security. It was always hard to find it. And then I don't remember what release it was. It's two or three releases ago. They added a sharing. And I'm like, oh, thank you.
0: Yeah. I think there's a, um, I think you can make control plane do this for you, which means it's obviously scriptable. And I, I am willing to bet, in fact, I'm pretty sure that our friend TJ, we should have asked him, has keyboard maestro macros that will turn all this off for you if you're not on your home Wi-Fi network. I will, well, it would make will, sense. I will try to find those. And if I can find them, I'll put links to them in the show notes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But turn all that stuff off. And, and if you don't, uh, other people in the hotel will have access to your data. So that's something you want to think about, which leads to the bigger question. And remember, uh, we're in those hotels. <laughs> I, I don't spend, I spend, some, one of my goals of going to Macworld, and I guess this is a, this is a Macworld specific tip, but uh, is get out of your comfort zone. Don't spend time in your hotel. Absolutely. There's always somebody you can be meeting someplace you can be hanging out, even if you're not the person who likes to do that stuff. And when you're at Mackerel, that's the time to go ahead and try it. So sometimes I get purposely really bad rooms. A couple of years ago, I got this terrible room
0: with the sink in the corner. That was hysterical.
1: The sink was next to the bed. I literally sat up in the bed and brushed
0: my teeth. It, it was like in the corner of the room. He brought us up to the room, a group of people to show him to show us how bad his room was. It was, was awesome. It was horrible. Did you even have your own bathroom? Or was it like a shared bathroom down the hall? No, you paid extra. I paid, ex, I paid, you extra, paid extra
1: 10 bucks and got the bathroom attached.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> it wasn't in that
1: hotel. There was an option to not have the bathroom in your room and you could share it.
0: <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: But anyway, that was a good year for me. Cause I spent almost no time in my room. <laughs> um. But but data sharing is is an issue when you go on these trips. And, and as big of an issue as it is in airports, it's even more of an issue when you're going to spend three or four days in a hotel somewhere. Um, what do you do? Do you go on the Wi-Fi network and expose yourself to not only the sharing that you can turn off, but are there hackers uh, that are on the same network with you that are trying to cause havoc for you? Or do you just use your data plan?
0: That's why I have the VPN.
1: Yeah, I understand. And you've talked about the VPN, like, I know, I won't talk about it. So I don't want to go into it at great length, but I can tell you that, you know, with the the data plans on the iPad, especially where you can buy, well, it's it's really kind of progressed. It used to be that you've got an iPad and you got the plan where you could turn it on or turn it off every month or buy extra. Um, In the past, I have spent extra. I, I remember one time I went on a trip and before I left, I bought the $50, I think it was like 10 gigabyte, plan. This was about a year and a half ago. And it was great. So that's for the whole trip. Any internet I needed, I just tethered from my iPad.
0: So I went a little different route. And perhaps that was an error. And maybe I won't do it again next time. But I just added the iPad to my data plan. And so I added it for ten bucks a month, and I have two gigabytes of data now. uh, Because thank you, T-Mobile, for all the competition. And AT and T has dropped prices, and Verizon has doubled all their data for customers on certain plans. Used to have one gig, now I have two gigs of data. And then for an additional ten bucks a month, I can add my iPad on and share that two gigs of data. So that's what I do. But it doesn't give me another extra pot of data.
1: Well, but it does kind of, I'm with AT&T and we had a month recently, it's when I finished the email book, I had some, some issues going on with Apple and I was trying to get a couple different builds of the book up. But every time I upload the book, the download of the book is like a gigabyte, but the actual upload of the files that go to Apple is actually quite a bit, even bigger than that. And I had to upload it like two or three times over the course of a couple days. And, and the, the office internet connection is very poor. And it was very important that I get it to him. So I knew I was going to be uploading like four gigabytes of data. Uh, so I called AT&T and they upped my plan for one month. And then the next month I brought it right back down. So you could do the same thing with the uh, iPad and iPhone attached to your plan.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's, in fact, David, you know, there's an app for that. You don't actually have to call somebody at AT&T.
1: I, I feel like I have to call somebody when I'm dealing with uh, where my plan's at. Because I want it to work just right. Like, when you get them on the phone, they'll tell you, okay, if you want to make sure that next month you don't automatically get billed the higher rate, you need to call us by, you know, X date.
0: I think it's hysterical that you think that the person on the phone has a better chance of getting this right than the app does. But okay.
1: Yeah. Well, but in terms of knowing when I can do this, and trust me, it actually does, I think, make more sense. Yeah, no, I see. But and I but, think Verizon,
0: it's not bad. It's only you know ten bucks if you go over. It's ten bucks and you get another gig or something like that. So it's you you pay just about as much for overage as you was if if you had upped your plan.
1: Well, like but it was it wasn't like that for me. For like twenty bucks, I got like another five or six. You know, I got a lot more data. Okay. So it's worth considering. So if you're going on a trip, I guess my point is think about. Well, maybe if I you know let's say I'm going to pay twenty five dollars to 18T or Verizon for one month an extra twenty five dollars and I'm gonna get you know ten gigs of data or whatever it is um, that may be cheaper than the hotel uh, Wi-Fi cost and it's a lot safer true very true and it and it's with you wherever you go so
0: and it may be faster if your hotel's bogged down in fact it likely is faster
1: yeah so you don't have to use the hotel uh, Wi-Fi
0: um you want to talk about managing data a little bit while we're still on the data topic, or I've got another topic about getting work done on vacation. Where do you want to go?
1: Oh, what the heck? Let's be productive. Okay. Let's get some work done.
0: Let's get some work done. Um, How do you, I had this come up when I was gone and out of pocket for 16 days when I, when I went up to Alaska and the thing that I was probably more nervous about than anything else was coming back to a flood of 500 emails. I mean, that was just, I had nightmares about that. So really nightmares, really nightmares about 500 emails in my inbox. When I came back,
1: you need sane bucks.
0: Oh, I fixed it. You know, I got it. I got it worked out. But how do you, especially if you're going to be gone for an extended period of time, and for Macworld, I'm going to be gone for an entire week. And I really, you know, I don't do a good job if I try to triage email while I'm on vacation. I mean, sometimes things come in that you absolutely have to deal with. But sometimes I just want to go on vacation. And I don't want to deal with work emails, I want to turn on the out of office, I want to, you know, just say goodbye, I'm done with this. So do you have, and I can, I can tell you what I did um, with the Alaska trip that I thought worked very well, um, but do you have any, any procedures for handling long periods uh, without, without access? And, I have what and, I, and when you get back?
1: I have the class one vacation and the class two vacation. Okay. So the class one vacation is, I, I really need to get away from you people, and I'm not going to answer anything. And I'm not gonna, as far as you're concerned, I'm on a boat in the middle of the ocean with no internet. And occasionally I have those. And um, I work with some other people so I can kind of hand off a few things before I leave that if I think they're going to blow up, I can trust them to deal with it. And I usually have maybe one of those vacations a year and I don't answer email. I turn off even the Max Sparky stuff. If, I, if I'm if i going to be away for a little time with my family and just really want to be with my family, I, I'm i okay with not getting any email.
0: Do you Do and you actually turn off your email on your phone? That's so cool if you do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard to disable. It. No,
0: it isn't. it isn't.
1: And uh then so that's a class 1. Then there's a class 2. Like Macworld for me is a class 2 vacation, you know. I I believe that if 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 a, if a client or somebody from work emails me and they've got some big problem, I'll deal with it. And I usually wake up early when I'm on those types of trips anyway. So, you know, my usual tea ritual, I'll go find a place an interesting restaurant that's got good tea and You know, spend 30 to 40 minutes in the morning just kind of dealing with the worst of it and then putting the rest off.
0: Um, So I had a couple of techniques for um, dealing with the 16 days that I was away um, that worked pretty well. I had sporadic coverage. Like I would have four or five days where I would have no coverage. Then we'd be in port for a day and I'd have coverage for anywhere from a day or maybe just a couple of hours. So I think planning is a big part of it. You know, the week before you go on vacation is is always kind of a hell week for me of of trying to get everything done and get everything wrapped up. But you know, it just kind of makes going on the vacation so much sweeter. And so I will work really, really hard before I go on vacation and coordinate with um, the other people in my office to to hand off and to delegate things. And I will also touch base with my key, not just the key people in my office, but my key clients and just reach out to them and say, hey, just FYI, I want you to know I'm going to be out this entire week, or I'm going to be out this entire two weeks. Um, If you have anything on the horizon that you think might be blowing up, um, let me know now, because I'm seriously not going to be reachable. And, uh, you know, they, they appreciated that. And they, they knew that. And I, um, I, re- I told those few people, and then I put on an out-of-office that just flat-out says, I did not get your email. If So for that would, probably I guess, be your class one vacation. My out-of-office just flat-out says, I did not get your email. I am not reading email. If you want to reach me, get back in touch when I come back in town on this date. And then with the email that I actually did get while I was on vacation and had those those brief periods where I could respond, I just set up a triage, and I had four categories of triage. You know, category one was archive or delete, and honestly, that was probably in excess of 50% of the email. It was just stuff that I didn't want to be in my inbox when I came back, and it wasn't important. It was stuff that, you know, either would have no relevance by the time I got back or was just unimportant or information only, and I archived or deleted and got it out of my inbox. Um, there was some stuff that could have a very brief reply was sufficient, two or three lines, and I was done. And that was a small percentage of stuff. There was a small percentage of stuff that I could forward and delegate to somebody back at the office and and let them handle for me because they didn't get the email and I just forwarded it on to them. And then everything else um, went into OmniFocus for follow-up when I got back. And now I would probably, I wasn't using Sanebox at the time. Now I would probably use that same next week folder and everything else would just go into Sanebox for follow up when I got back. And
1: yeah, sounds that's good. It. Uh, you, you know what's funny is when you do have the class one vacation and you shut yourself out and you come back, you'll see threads where somebody asked a question and then there was another question and then a couple emails later, the whole problem resolved itself anyway. Where if you had been in the loop, you would have got involved with it, but it would have not made any difference to the ultimate outcome anyway. So yeah. you sit back and you wonder, wow, should I be responding to email this quickly? Because it seems like sometimes when I ignore an email, things still have a way of working themselves out and I don't have to spend any time on it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever notice
1: that? <laughs> uh,
0: let's let's just say there's somebody in my office who has that philosophy about far too many things. But you yeah. know. Um but I will tell you that it was by doing that triage. Yeah. I had a dozen things or so that I had to follow up on when I got back, but I had no email in my inbox when I got back. And that was, that was what I had nightmares about. That was so refreshing to come back from vacation and have inbox zero. And that
1: was huge. So did you wake up like in a cold sweat screaming?
0: Yeah. I didn't I am like, I can't go. I can't go cancel the trip. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to let go. Katie.
0: Yeah. Do you, um, so when do you turn the email back on from your class one vacation? Do you just deal with it when you walk in the office or when you get back on the plane? Are you trying to deal with some of it so that it's not all there when you get back in the office? Or uh,
1: Here's another anal retentive uh, sparky tip is whenever I take a vacation like that, I usually schedule myself to get back um, like two days before I have to go back to work.
0: So I do that too. But do you mean you lie to people? Do you say I won't be back in the office until Tuesday, but haha, I well, was back on Monday or...
1: Well, I just, I just booked my vacation for this year. I'm, I'm returning on a Saturday. I go back to work on a Monday. So I'll, okay. so I'll be home on the Sunday. And then at some point on the Sunday, I will probably deal with it. But the interesting thing is the work stuff on that kind of vacation, I probably won't turn on until Monday.
0: Yeah. See, I, if I'm gone for an extended period of time, a week or more, I will almost always schedule myself an empty day back in the office um, where people still think that I'm out. Just to catch up on everything.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. But I'm, I'm talking about an empty day at the house just to kind of oh, get. Oh, I,
0: I have to have an empty day at the house. I mean, I've got to do laundry. I've got to go grocery shopping. I've got to go, you know, I've just got to get my life back in order.
1: Yeah. And and I've got to get the kids ready to like kind of, you know, enter reality after they've been on a fun vacation. It's it's really hard because they've had so much fun and we've all been together. You know what it's like when you go on a vacation with your family. and. Mm-hmm. We're always busy throughout the whole year, but when we get that classroom vacation and we spend a lot of time just, you know, loving each other, it's it's tough to like separate and go back. So I like to have a day to just like go to the park or just do something lazy
0: that, together. That's funny when when we all went on our family vacation and my family has not been on a big family vacation in years. Um, my family has this tradition; we always do Sunday night dinner. It's at my mom's house. It's at my house. It's at somebody. We always do Sunday night dinner. And uh, we got back from vacation, I think it was Saturday, Saturday night. We got back from vacation Saturday night. And my mom just looked at my brother and me and she said, this was our Sunday night dinner. We're done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't come over. You guys are, you guys are grown. My kids, my kids will feel that way towards me soon
0: enough. (laughs) Yeah. But she was just like, don't come over here tomorrow. Goodbye. (laughs) Anyway. So um, the last topic that I know we want to talk about is managing data on vacation. But before we do, I want to talk to you about our last sponsor. And that is our good friends at Squarespace. Um, You all know that I am a Squarespace user. David is a Squarespace user. And I'm a Squarespace user, because it is the everything platform. It allows me to do everything with my website all in one place. I don't have to have hosting. I don't have to manage SQL databases. I don't have to worry about backups. I don't have to be a website administrator. All I have to worry about, and it is enough to worry about, is creating content for my website. And that's all I want to worry about is just creating good content for my Squarespace site. And Squarespace is constantly updating their platform. So you get new features, new designs. They've got beautiful templates that allow you to start with, to get started right off the ground with a great looking website. And then you can completely customize it from there, uh, depending what you want cool fonts, if you want different colors, if you want to drag and drop elements. I, I mean, if you can use a computer, you can create a website with Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I just had lunch with a friend of mine, this week who, um, is not a huge technology person. Um, but you know, she, she definitely uses computers and knows about computers and and uses them for her job and everything. And, um, her husband is the associate pastor at a small church. And she was telling me that they were pulling their hair out over their church website. And they've got some of this stuff over at, uh, you know, GoDaddy, and then they've got their domain over on somewhere else. And then they've got this guy who manages the website, and they don't have the passwords, and they don't know anything. And then they've got to FTP into something. And they don't know what that means. And they've got to, they, they can't afford the web designer anymore. So they've got to get the files from him. And then they got to figure out what to do with them. And she was just all freaked out about it. And I said. I am going to solve this problem for you. Come over to my so you house. She has to be the hero. Yeah, yeah, I said, come over to my house this weekend and we will set you up with a Squarespace site. And she was like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, it's going to be so easy. The, you know, we'll get you a new domain, or we'll bring your domain name over, and I'm going to transfer their domain name, you know, over to one of our friends, or, you know, you can use it, um, you know, if you use Squarespace for a year or more, you get you get a free domain name, but we're, we're going to get you <laughs> onto to this, and and boom, you're going to be done. And she's like, well, but I want to be able to update it every week with a message from the pastor. I was like, That can happen. That can be a blog. And she's like, well, what if I want to have a calendar? Yep, we can do that. Well, what if I want to put audio of the sermons online? Yep, we can do that. Well, what if I want to have a photo gallery of events? Uh Uh-huh, we can do that. I mean, everything that she was going over that she wanted to do, Um, It was easy enough to do with Squarespace and then I started rattling off, well, you know, what if you wanted to take donations? Squarespace can do that because it integrates with Squarespace Commerce. What if you wanted to have registrations and have people be able to sign up for your various programs? You can do that with Squarespace Commerce. What if you wanted to integrate with social media? You're trying to launch your Facebook page? You can do that with Squarespace. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to happen this weekend, and we're hopefully going to get their situation under control. So it's pretty
1: exciting uh, when you put somebody onto Squarespace that's been just intimidated and had all these harrowing experiences with the web. I mean, we I I think anybody who's used Squarespace has probably got a few stories where they've converted friends and family that way. It's and if you buy a year subscription, they give you a domain too, so you're, you're kind of set. Yeah.
0: So you can try Squarespace for free, no credit card required. And if you decide to buy, plans start as little as $8 a month. And we can do you one better. uh, If you uh, make sure you use the coupon code MPU3 when you sign up, and you'll get 10% off for just being an MPU listener. So thank you to Squarespace for your kind support of the show. Um, And we appreciate everything that you do for people out there trying trying to build their sites.
1: All right. So what are, we've got, we've got to talk about data management a little bit more.
0: Okay. Because otherwise you just, it's, it's really easy. And that's when I get into trouble is with my data plan is when I'm traveling.
1: Yeah. Because there's certain things that we're just used to downloading. Like I just got a new um, audible book Mm -hmm. and I just, I use the audible app and I just, I bought the new, um, was
0: it a star Wars book?
1: No, it wasn't. It was a very geeky book. It's uh oh, now I forget the guy's name. I'm going to look it up. Uh, it It's kind of a fantasy sci-fi book, and I read the first one. So now I'm reading the second one. But it, it's something like like 32 hours worth of audio. Yikes. Uh, Brandon Sanderson, Words of Radiance. Okay. Know, they're not a sponsor. Audible's not a sponsor. Oh, well, I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, um, they Brandon Sanderson. And it's, it's, it's kind of a good book, kind of enjoying it, but it's all these files. If I was on a trip, I would like chew through my data, putting all those books onto my phone. It's very easy to do that. Podcasts are another good one. I mean, we all love podcasts, right? Especially the Mac power users. So if you're on your trip on Sunday night and the new show comes out, you're going to download it. But that could be like 50 megabytes out of your data. Yeah. Boom. Well,
0: our shows aren't quite that big, but yeah. So I think the, the, a couple of things to do is, you know, you, you kind of started to tip off on it. But the first thing you have to be aware of is you, identifying these things that are data hogs that you just take for granted with when you're on your home connection. And I I, I really liked um, when TJ talked about that last week, about how he has to be so aware of everything that he downloads because he's on this 200 megabyte a month limited satellite. Was it 200 megabytes a month? I don't remember. But it was it was some very small cap satellite plan. And all of the loops that he has to jump through, you know, to, to not go over that cap, but you know, a couple of big ones come to mind. Um, photo stream, both on Mac and iOS can be a big data yeah. hog. Um, videos offsite and backups.
1: I, I think photo stream explains the reason why you have battery problems on trips too. Cause you're taking a lot more pictures than usual.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Offsite backups can be another big one. And you know, I hesitate to turn off offsite backups cause I would argue while you're traveling, um, you, Your data is probably most vulnerable, but you just need to be aware of that. Um, Podcasts, iTunes automatic download, like if you have any uh, season passes or subscriptions to TV shows or something, that those might automatically download in the background. Uh, Software updates, now that they automatically download. And um, I've gotten into trouble with email, downloading large attachments, or if I go into a folder... Um, that I don't have downloaded on my phone and all of a sudden my phone or my iPad starts downloading all the contents of this big folder.
1: One that gets me in trouble is Dropbox because Dropbox is always syncing data. And if, uh, if I turn on Tethering and have Dropbox turned on and then Katie puts a, a three gigabyte file into our shared Dropbox folder. Oh
0: uh, yeah, sorry about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I get Without even knowing, like if I just leave it on overnight,
0: I've chewed up uh, three gigs of your data.
1: Yeah. So that's something to be careful. I I just kind of, I, when I'm on a trip and I'm tethering for data, there's a couple things I do. The first is I don't leave it on all night. I, I, I turn the switch off. Yeah. So it's only tethering when I want it to be. And the other thing is I, I turn off things like Dropbox and other stuff until I really feel like I need
0: it. Yeah, And, and I want to highlight something that you implied, but I don't think you explicitly said. When you are tethered, your Mac and your iPhone and your iPad think you're on Wi-Fi. So on iOS, Apple has done a pretty good job of giving us these restrictions that we'll talk about a little later, that it will only use cellular data for certain things. But when you're tethered, your Mac thinks it's on Wi-Fi, and all of those restrictions go out the window. Yeah. And I am not aware yet. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of hope that some of these restrictions will, will be implemented in future versions of the Mac OS. There are no restrictions on the Mac OS. So if your Mac's connected to a network, it's it's going to start slurping down whatever it can slurp down.
1: Yeah, agreed. So you have to be careful with that. The, it's easier to manage the data now. And, and frankly, it's not that difficult to turn a lot of these services off. But you have to do it manually. The Mac's not going to do it. That would be interesting. maybe we should look into uh, coming up with some idea for a a keyboard maestro script that would look at whenever you're attached to the tethered device because it, it it can look at what Wi-Fi network you're on
0: yeah, yeah I mean so and, if, and some... if, if,
1: if if network is David's iPhone, then you know turn off Dropbox and do a couple other things.
0: It's, you could totally build a macro to do that. You absolutely yeah. could. Please share it with me when you build it. All right, I will. Um, I actually have some solutions for that, but, um, let's talk about when you're on iOS, um, you know, you can go to settings, you can go to cellular and see how much data you've used since now this is only good since the last time you've reset it. Um, but you can also turn off cellular data in specific apps. And I have done this because I have found that despite the app settings, there are a few apps that have chewed up some cellular data when I didn't mean them to like, um, You know, one month my iPad, for whatever reason, when it was home at my house, chewed up over 300 megabytes of cellular data. And when I checked the cellular data tab, um, the Photos app had chewed up all that data. So I went in and I said, you're not doing this again. So I turned off cellular data for the Photos app. I've also turned it off um, for my podcast app because I've had podcast download on cellular before, even though they're not supposed to. I think there's sometimes if they start on Wi-Fi and then you end up on cellular... I, I had that they happen may,
1: once uh, with Instacast. Yeah, I, it, they may
0: continue. Yeah, um, and I found that like Facebook is a big data hog for whatever reason, so I turned cellular data off for Facebook.
1: And yeah, me too. Man. Oh, Facebook. oh,
0: okay. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot who I was talking to.
1: Facebook uses all my data.
0: Okay. Um, but you can do that, and you can also get apps to tell you um how you how much data you're using. I I use one called Data Man. Um, that will give you warnings when you hit certain points of your data and it will actually tell you what apps are using your data and when they used your data and where you were when you used your data, Data Man will. Um, so it can be good for pinpointing what's slurping down my data and why am I using all of this. Um, the The carriers like AT& T and Verizon have their own apps that will tell you how much data you used, but I found that those can be off by twenty four hours sometimes or sometimes even more and you know especially when I'm traveling, I can go through a lot of data in twenty four hours
1: and and they tell you that you're fine and and it turns out you're not and it seems like sometimes there's no rhyme or reason between the actual data usage and what they're reporting. Uh, I also use the telephone with AT&T when I'm taking a family trip. If we're going somewhere where I'm worried about it, like last year, the vacation was Hawaii a couple of years ago, we went to a lot uh, to Canada. And so I knew I was going to be out of the country. And, and uh, despite, you know, your, despite your disdain, Katie, I called up at I, I and I
0: said, called up Verizon when I was up in Alaska to say, uh, what am I going to get charged for using my phone up here?
1: Exactly. I just said, Hey, you know, I've got, Two kids, I'm going to be in a different country, and I don't want any surprises. And the lady was very nice. She said, but the biggest problem people have is the kids do a lot of texting, and they don't think about it. And when they're in another country, the text costs a lot of money. And it's not just the texts that go out, but the texts that come in. So if their friends are texting them, it's still costing a lot of money. So uh, as we left Seattle, I called up AT&T and turned off the switch. So there was no texting while they were in uh, Canada.
0: What if, just out of curiosity, if you know, if your kids' phones were off, or your data connection was for your kids' phones were turned off, and their friends were still sending them texts, but they weren't receiving them, was it still be pinging I, I against them? I don't know. You don't know. I don't okay. know. Yeah,
1: but I just they just didn't have any texting from the law, and I mean we were all careful, and we didn't have any surprises. We got back there, there was no change in the bill, but the um. But I think when you travel, it, it, I usually travel domestically. To be honest, I don't go out of the country very much. So it's, it's just usually not that much of a problem. I don't have to worry about managing extra unexpected charges. I just have to worry about managing the data cap, which goes back to my earlier point. Uh, the plans are getting cheaper, and it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to consider raising your plan for the month that you're out of town.
0: Yeah, and and we really haven't talked much, and and I will admit I am not an expert on this, so I don't want to get into it much about international travel and how to do data internationally and things like that. But we are going to have Don McAllister on the show, um, I think, next month, maybe, maybe the following. I'm not sure we've got that scheduled yet. And I know he travels quite extensively, and so maybe that can be something we talk to him about, kind of best practices for how he does that. Whether you just, you know, pay for the data plan or whether you get a SIM from another country or, you know, there are lots of options.
1: Yeah. So what can you do uh, now? You you can turn off your your cellular data. You can turn off, you know, it's it's right in the settings if you want.
0: Um, You can also tweak your specific settings for your apps. Um, you can turn off background app refresh. You can turn off cellular data for specific apps. Um, look at your podcast apps. Look at FaceTime. Look at um, any apps that, that have the ability to slurp down a lot of data. And then, and then also look at your Mac. Um, you know, apps like CrashPlan allow you to disable them on specific networks. For example, um, I have CrashPlan disabled on my, you know, Katie's iPhone network, which is what I'm tethered to. And so Crash Plan's not going to back up while it's tethered.
1: That's a good one. I don't know if Backblaze does it or not. I'm going to have to check into that.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I put a blog post up on on my site about how to do that specifically with CrashPlan. I don't know about Backblaze. But there are ways that you can, can automate this on your Mac. Um, Control Plane will allow you to modify some settings based on your location. Uh, Keyboard Maestro, again, you can set up some macros to disable certain applications and services like Dropbox, like CrashPlan, like sharing services when you're not connected to your home network. But I'll tell you the best solution for this is Little Snitch.
1: Yeah, this is the second appearance Little Snitch has made on our show this month.
0: Yeah, I think it was about the same topic. But um, Little Snitch now has profiles in their latest version. So you can create a home profile. You can create like a an Away Wi-Fi profile. And you can create like an Away tethered profile. And you can get very specific that says, when I'm on this particular profile, and it will automatically switch profiles based on what you're connected to you can disable certain services. So you can disable any outgoing data to Dropbox. You can disable any outgoing data to crash plan. You can disable any outgoing data um, via uh, photo stream. You know, you just identify those services and deny any outgoing data connections. And I think that's the best solution that I found. Now it's going to take some time to set up and some time to tweak and get this the way that you want it. Um, but if this is a constant problem for you, I think that's the only solution for the Mac.
1: I think if you travel a lot, that might be worth it. If you don't travel that often, just think about your data hogs and turn them off.
0: Yeah. And then after you've screwed it up once, you'll be better from then on. <laughs> You're
1: such an optimist. Kate.
0: <laughs> I'm Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I think we covered uh, being a geek and traveling. Okay. But if we miss something, Send in the audio uh, comment. We're going to have our first of the month show. We're going to be talking about feedback. I bet there's some good tips out there. I bet there's other people out there that sit in the same seat on every flight.
0: No, I there's kinda not. Hope,
1: I kind of hope there is.
0: Well, there may be, but I promise you they don't sit in the back row. Or my second my to wife last row.
1: is even more disdainful of, of the fact that I do that than you are, Katie.
0: Do you get to sit there when you travel with your family?
1: No, that that screws everything up. And I got it. you know, I got to find four seats together. Although it's cool. The kids are getting old enough now that now we get, we, uh, it was always used to be, you know, mom plus one, dad plus one. Now the kids are old enough. We just give them their own two seats and we get our own two seats and we get to talk to each other. It's kind of nice. There
0: you go. All right. Well, we covered a lot in this episode and you can find links to everything that we talked about in our show notes at MacPowerUsers.com. Uh, Or you can also go to 5x5.tv slash MPU slash 182 for this particular episode.
1: You can send us feedback to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com. Uh, send in some audio comments. We're serious. We're, we're going to get even better at this live show thing. And we'd love to have uh, something from you talking about how you do some of these things.
0: Yeah. And uh, if, if you have a workflow that you want to potentially be featured on MPU Live, uh, send us an information on that. And we, we would like to do some many workflow shows on future MPU Lives. And we'll we'll have that coming up right when we get back from Macworld.
1: Yeah. You can also find us on Twitter we're at @macpowerusers. Katie's at Katie Floyd and I'm at Max Sparky. Katie and I are both going to be posting and maybe we'll do a post at the macpowerusers.com website too of our schedules because yes. if you're going to Macworld and you don't and you listen to this show and you don't come say hello it really will hurt my feelings quite a bit.
0: That's true.
1: It'll hurt my feelings more than Katie's phone lost in her Scotty list upset her.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't and know, that was pretty, pretty upsetting. Upset. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. all right well that's going to wrap up this episode we will see you next week with a very special guest and uh you'll have to stay tuned to find out more see you next time